thank goodness we figured that one out, guys. Okay. Uh, thank you for now. I can really thank our guests for coming to visit the Rose Room today. I just feel like it's really off because we've been having to talk about ourselves, and um, Cashin just got done with the interview with me. So thank you for coming back to listen to this edition. releasing these two podcasts actually in conjunction with yes. each other so you probably just got done listening to my one and now so long time no see yeah long time and now we get to interview our favorite well she's my favorite anyway Cash, well i hope happy? that i'm everyone's favorite but you know basically are you happy that i get to ask you all these questions for public uh radio uh yes and no because you know the interview that we did with alex our amazing podcast editor uh made me cry afterwards so. me too <laughs> me actually back too um we both went home and hysterically cried i don't know if that was because we did red white wine mixtures or what like i swear we only had like one of each but it really made me like upset weepy i wasn't drunk i was upset yeah i was upset so upset hysterically okay well i'm not gonna make you cry today like alex we love it alex (laughs) no i'm just kidding alex was honest so thank you alex for being honest but just so you know it still doesn't give me the right not to cry in the car that's right so introduce yourself kashi i'm i'm excited you have the coolest name of anyone i know so (laughs) introduce yourself and tell us your name Okay. My name is Kashtin. Um, born and raised in Las Vegas. And actually, fun fact about my name, my name was actually Sierra when I was born. And a couple hours later, my mom changed it. Um, up until I was born, they literally thought I was going to be a boy and they were going to name me Cash with a C. And then I guess for whatever reason, Sierra popped into her mind. Um, and then, yeah. And then here I am today, Kashtin with a K. You know, with a K. Yeah. Before the Kardashians. Before. <laughs> Love. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, born and raised in Vegas. Uh, all my immediate family's here. I have family in Boston, California as well. Okay. Um, okay. Good times. So just central lady, central lady. That's right. Um, I have only had the pleasure of knowing you as a full grown adult. Uh, I only got <laughs> probably to know you honestly in your 20s. for the best. <laughs> ditto, honey. Ditto. Uh, but what were you? What were you like as a kid? What What was young Cashin like? Was like such a Um, I used to be really shy growing up, but then with my family, I was quite the performer. So I was always singing and dancing and writing stories. So if you ask my parents, um, they, I, they literally had to sit through every performance, um, and had to, you know, listen to me narrate every single picture book that I, you know, stapled together for the binding and like drew pictures and like had a really active imagination. I like loved playing Barbies, Barbie makeover on CD-ROM. I'm old, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's cool. But yeah, um, very um, expressive as a kid. And then, you know, growing up, that kind of changes. You start to get a little bit more self-conscious. You start being like too cool, you know, as cool as you can be when you're like, you know, preteen. Um, so then like I wanted to be Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears. Like, oh, my gosh, of course. Me too, girl. Yeah. I was telling me no <laughs> hipster shorts or pants. Um, OK, so that's interesting. How it's so funny you say that because seeing you now you're still so creative but I I forget like you were really like dancing and singing and like such a productionist and like such a little performer um how have you changed like since from like then to now um well I think I guess from a performance status like I wouldn't say that I'm a performer but um I had always been in sports growing up so I and then once I phased out of sports I did gymnastics and then competitive cheer so that to me was always really fun really a a good outlet to show skill and talent and discipline and as I kind of grew out of that I had to stop doing cheer because I got injured um another form of self 
expression really came into my own when I was in high school, um, wanting to, you know, wear high heels every day, wanting to wear makeup, wanting to be very regimented and disciplined. So I guess I just kind of translated that behavior into something else. Um, but I would say that my creativity never really stopped. Like I always was looking at fashion shows online. I wanted to work with stylists. I wanted to write for a fashion publication. I wanted to work in some facet of journalism. So either working for a magazine and or doing broadcast journalism. So that had always been, um, I guess like the end goal for me, like wanting to be more in a personality driven career. Um, but you know, I think self-conscious, circumstances kind of get in your way. And so I kind of took a back seat to a lot of those things. And I started working for people who maybe wanted that. And I was okay with taking a back seat. And, you know, now I'm not. So here we have a podcast. I know. Is that, is that like something that you've really seen? Cause this was Cashin's idea. Idea. I just want everybody to know, like me being alive would not have yielded you guys a podcast. <laughs> uh, it probably would have yielded you a YouTube, but definitely not a podcast. <laughs> have you seen the reflection? Cause I know you write our blog and you're an amazing writer and an amazing productionist. Has the podcast lived up to your expectation or fulfilled something inside of you for that? I think that the podcast, as you said, is a great way to reflect, um, who you are because obviously we have conversations a thousand times a day but you never have to play them back so it really gives you a window into how you are as a speaker who you are as a person how you interact with other people um with subject matter that maybe isn't always vulnerable or you know um sober i don't know um (laughs) you just start to see a window into who you are um i really enjoy it i think it's really fun i think this outlet is really fun to participate in um but it also doesn't help me who I am super critical on myself. So I'm like, wow, that was really boring after every episode we do. And it's like, I need to get out of that um, tedious headspace. But yeah, I think it's fun. And I think we'll get the groove of this. Oh, I agree. And I think that the next question I'm going to add to this is definitely a reason for this. But what was it like not living like a super cookie cutter life? Like, I feel like I grew up with two moms, like with one mom and two moms, one mom, <laughs> one dad, like nuclear family, all that, you know, no hardship and yeah. tri- trials. What did a non cookie cutter life really like uh, surmount to for you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, people who know me already know the story, you know, inside and out. But for those of you who don't, um, you know, I don't come from a traditional family. Like my grandfather is my mom's stepdad. Um, my real dad is not in the picture. My grandfather, my grandfather is not blood related to me. And he's also significantly younger than my grandmother. Um, and they, you know, I spent my time between my mother and my grandparents. And then my grandparents are also divorced and he now has a family of his own. Um, but everyone's still friends with one another. So, I think growing up um, in that kind of circumstance, you know, I had my mom and my Nana who are very loving, but my grandfather who also is loving, but also very much a self-made man. And he really didn't differentiate anything, uh, any standard that he had for himself, he projected onto me. So he's like, you know, you need to work hard. You need to depend on yourself. So I had to really find a way to be self-sufficient and kind of, I wouldn't say selfish, but kind of had to think about myself first before I could do anything else. Like, how am I going to sustain, um, you know, even in high school, like having to get a job and having to, you know, if I didn't work, I didn't get things. I had to pay for it myself. So, um, you know, time, time management, how am I going to do well in school and then also do well at work and then, you know, 
balance that and then also have time for myself and my friends so so a really full life not being a cookie cutter life I mean still full but you know it's just it's more than I guess some people have to think about on a day-to-day basis um well I think it teaches you uh discipline and uh, time management I mean more than anything so it's like you can't help but have a full life because there's so many things that you have to fit in uh, you know, working, you know, X amount of time during the week and then having to study, having to do homework, having to be at school, having to like, you know, hang out with your friends. I mean, I don't know. So I think I've always been a busy person and my grandfather was not having it. Like when teenagers talk about sleeping until noon, like I have no idea what that's Me like. either. That's great. My grandfather, it was eight o'clock and he's like, what are you doing asleep? Like, you know, <laughs> just on a Saturday, like absolutely not. And I could have nothing to do, but like you can't just be in bed all day long. And so um, that need to be busy or that need to be up and moving has like never really left me. Is that been a good thing or a bad thing for you? I think it's both. I think that I don't know how to relax and I don't know how to be in the moment because I'm always trying to like rush on to the next thing. Um, But I also know that that also makes me very self-managerial and I take the initiative a lot because I just actually can't help myself. So (laughs) I agree. And I think it really sets you apart and it really shows that you're a different, you're different. I'm not going to lie. I think that the reason that DR is so good and our whole relationship has been great is because you're a different person. Like what was the defining moment for you when you're like, I know I'm different. Okay. Um, I think a lot of what I went through in high school, like, which I hate to say all the time, but um, it's true because what I was dealing with personally and at home made me so much more adult at a really young age, not necessarily mature, but definitely facing a lot more adult situations that, you know, kids my own age weren't necessarily dealing with. And so I knew that that moment I was always going to be different. Not only did I look different, my name was different, but I also had a very uh, non-traditional family and very, very adult situations that most 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds don't deal with. And then, you know, trying to juxtapose that with being a normal, cool or trying to be cool teenage girl. Um, it's hard. Um, was there ever like something that happened to you? That's just like, I, cause we, you had asked me about like embarrassing moments and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh my God, gosh. And your embarrassing stories are much more intense. They're cringy. I'll tell you some cringy, embarrassing stories. Not even that, but like movie style you know like the movies you see like American Pie and stuff that is how I'm like oh my gosh you lived I went to a nerd high school so I'm like we just read math and nothing so I'm like to hear that people were like toilet peopling each other's houses and like oh my god yeah drinking and driving like uh, crazy to me so I'm like you are just so different in high school and I know what it's like to be different in high school and was there ever just that defining moment where you're like I'm very different like I know I'm not white and normal like um yeah and I think growing up in an all-white family um there wasn't like to me I don't see it through the lens of like oh my god I'm a mixed race person in America like it doesn't really matter to me because I don't have that other half of my family in there to to have that dichotomy I only have like the echo chamber of my family which is predominantly white who are, are amazing and never made me feel different um it was other kids that made me feel different which I've said before but um I mean, my mom was in very abusive relationships and seeing that kind of made me feel like I needed to be um, very assertive. And that to me made me very different, especially, you know, boys don't like, especially bullies don't like women who stand up for themselves. Um, And not only that, but, you know, my mom had been engaged to this man who was amazing and, you know, it didn't work out between them. And then he ended up kicking us out of his home and... I, we didn't have a home when I started sixth grade, you know? So 
we were fortunate to stay with our friends, but it was my mom, my sister and I sleeping in like our friend's guest bedroom. And it was just so humbling for me. And I knew that I also had to be very independent. So not only did I have to be very assertive, but I had to be very independent. I couldn't depend on anybody, least of all, like a guy. Okay. So that like makes me want to segue into the next one, which is how did that experience of your life really surmount to how you view and participate in relationships and dating? Yeah. Um, well, sorry, Dorinda, in advance. No. Um, but my, I think my family already knows the story too, but the guy that I ended up losing my virginity to who, um, I obviously was not married to. No, that's okay. it's that's no judgment. Need, that's I don't why judge. we need a chaperone date. I don't judge, um, but if you would have had to run it as yeah. a chaperone, <laughs> this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, so uh, he ended up breaking up with me uh, three days later, and it just really kind of changed the dynamic and how I looked at intimacy. And I realized that, oh, you don't actually give yourself to people you like. You give yourself to people in situations you can control. And I kind of didn't want to be in that situation where I felt vulnerable ever again, where I felt like I was stupid. So I never really took anybody serious in high school. Like, oh, yeah, I date you, but I also think your friend is cute. And maybe I think your brother is cuter than you. So, like, I'm done with you. You know, I just kind of didn't see the value in long term because I'm like, I'm not going to marry you. I'm 14 years old, like, or I'm 15 or I'm 16 and 17. Like, you know, I just could not be I could not be bothered. Um. But even now, like, because yeah. I know, like, you're so independent, lady. You live well, alone. Yeah. Like, you you are all about, like, you being independent. And I'm like, is that what has really shaped that concept totally. of you being? Like, well, even, you yeah. So even, you know, through college, I had a serious relationship. And the first thing I thought of was, like, oh, my God, like, he wants to get married and have kids. And he was 10 years older than I was. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I can't. Like, I hadn't graduated college yet. I hadn't bought a new car. I hadn't lived on my own. Like, there were a bunch of things that were really important to me to do and accomplish on my own. And I had a lot of business ideas he wanted to fund. And I said, no, because they weren't mine then. They were his or ours. And I I couldn't have either of those. So um, ultimately, we didn't work out, thank God. And then I kind of fell into that habit or not the habit, but the pattern of being with older men who are ready to take that step. And I just wasn't ready. Um, well, you're a very serious, mature person. So I could totally see how that's like. The yeah. Case. And then, you know, flash forward to me with my boyfriend, who's only, you know, three years older than I am um and we're so much on the same page with that so I am still like I live alone like I can't even imagine having like a joint bank account like you know those things are just so like they leave you vulnerable yeah and I and I I think that's like so interesting because you know seeing you vulnerable with me and you know with your family and all of these things are are things that I forget not everybody gets to see so it's oh, never. very interesting that, you know, entering the business world, I've seen how much more guarded as a human being you really are. So, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I guess in my mind, I've always equated like intimacy with like defeat. Like, you know, if that per- you are now a sitting duck, if somebody wanted to take something away from you and that's really like scary to me. So like the idea of getting married, like I'd always was like, oh, no, no, prenup, separate bank accounts maybe separate houses like we'll figure it out as we go but every woman's dream relationship (laughs) but no I love David so much so if we do end up getting married like very much one house preferably small so I can squeeze them all day long but still two bank accounts but (laughs) one thousand percent two separate bank accounts yeah (laughs) I feel you I feel you and I know like getting into that groove can be hard but you're so pretty and I think out of everybody on the team you're the most put together so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like out of all of us uh what is the one thing because you asked me I'm like I want to ask you like what makes you feel beautiful is it makeup and heels and like all those things mm-hmm. or like what is it that makes you feel like I am the most beautiful person ever oh my god really expensive perfume 
all the, you oh, know. Oh, that's my other one. So. Oh, Ooh, no. Okay. okay. Good so, one. Good one. Um, perfume has always been like, I'm a weirdo about perfume. Um, I don't like people who smell bad. Like, I always have perfume in my purse. I always have makeup, my full makeup bag. Um, and usually deodorant too. Like not that I'm also not a smelly person, but I, you just can't be too sure. So, um, that always makes me feel really put together. Like there's nothing I love more in the morning when you just do your makeup and hair and you have coffee and like, you have like the most amazing perfume on. It's like, oh my gosh, like I'm ready. I am in a one tour. Like I am ready to go. Um, but usually, I mean, you know what I look like. I like to put on a lot of makeup that always makes me feel more put together, but it doesn't always make me feel more beautiful. Um, I think that's an interesting thing, too, that I've really realized. Um, I definitely don't feel beautiful without makeup on. I don't really feel pretty without, like, clothes on either. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so funny. Well, like, I'm not going to be, like, frolic. Like, people are like, oh, my God, I love the beach and no makeup. It's like, oh, my God, I can't think of anything worse. Like, I want to be in, like, a peat coat, like, a nice turtleneck. Like, I love, like, full glam, like, beautiful big hair. Like, and good perfume I don't know like I feel the most put together or the most beautiful when I'm put together I guess how I think the one thing that you I always identify in you is you love that structure yeah the structure of clothing the structure of makeup like the structure of that like do you really find that structure helps you in your day-to-day life yeah I think structure is um meaningful and I think structure makes you feel like you're going forward and structure also allows you to kind of gauge your progress and see like, okay, so this is what this is. This is what that is. It also allows you to kind of compartmentalize things that are difficult or things that are easier kind of problem solving. Like how can you solve a problem if you don't know what the problem is? Um, How do you know if you're getting stuff done if like you don't have a schedule or if you don't know or if you forget, you know what I mean? And so I think having structure has always allowed me to kind of manage my time efficiently I like couldn't be I couldn't do the things that I did if I wasn't structured that I agree with because you're structured enough for both of me and you (laughs) um so what what about I know that we've talked about your past I know that we've talked about who you are today who are you are you gonna be Iris Apfel too who are you gonna be what are you what's your 50s like you know realistically I I really want to know this because we've never talked about this who do you want to be when you're old Chris Jenner Oh, you know, I do. But with no kids, like I just want to be Chris Jenner, but with no kids. Could you be Chris Jenner with no kids? Describe a day in my life. You know what? I had like I said, I'd always wanted a position in some kind of entertainment sector. So whether that was like hosting or like writing or something of that nature, I think a person personality driven position for me is probably going to be where I end up with. And I hope that at some point in my 50s, I can really capitalize on that or I have already capitalized on that. Um, I'd love to have a beautiful home. I don't really know where. Um, could be New York, but like their taxation is like a little crazy. I don't You're know like if I can get on board. 14 days a month in New York. Yes. <laughs> on my friend's couch. Um, even at 50, I don't care. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know. Um not that I don't know like the mechanics of it, but I, I do want to know that I'm happy in life and that I've financially set myself up for my future. I'm always worried about that. Um, I don't think you could ever have enough in your savings. You can never have a big enough 401k. Like for me, I always kind of stress about that. But as long as I'm like fabulous and not, you know, humongous and <laughs> as long as I'm fat and as long as I'm thin and rich, we'll be fine. <laughs> Essentially. That's and preferably married for like a long time. So I do want to be married. Or like second husband vibes due to whaling only. <laughs> like at, at 
at 98, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Sorry, Dean. <laughs> okay, and then if you could live anywhere in the world. Okay. Okay, I know you just said you have no idea, but where would you actually like live? Like think about in the perfect world of worlds. Um, It's no stranger that I really like the East Coast. Um, I do love New York, maybe something upstate, um, maybe even Connecticut, something quiet and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Fancy Caucasian living. Very. Yeah. (laughs) Only black person on the block. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe where the Obamas just bought a house, Martha's Vineyard. Like, I'm okay. So only uh, the. Okay. So we'll be the, you know. How many kids do they have? Two? The fifth. Girl. I'll be the fifth black person on the block. Yeah. <laughs> Next to the dog, the sixth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then bucket list. Because you know I'm like all about this. You're, you say no kids. So what's on your bucket list? <laughs> um, I obviously want to get married. Um, that's really important to me. Um, I would like to travel. I really want to buy a home. Um, I'd actually really like to buy a home and a cabin. So maybe something like in Tahoe, like on the lake, it's like best of both worlds. It's like the mountain plus the lake. So you get your face is just like horrified. I'm not because like like I said, I've been to Wyoming 384 yes. numeric times. So I get the vibe. Yeah. Uh, why anyone would pay money for that is just my face. <laughs> I totally would. I totally would. Um, I want to. There's a couple of things like I want to go to uh, Stagecoach. Okay. You know, I love country music. Okay. okay. There's also this like big country festival and it's in Calgary. I think it's like the Calgary. What did Jenna say? It was like Calgary Roundup or something like that. It's a Calgary rodeo. It's absolutely insane. So I like to go there. Fun fact about Cashin, she loves cowboy stuff. Love- she loves Pioneer Saloon, She, which is in the middle of absolutely 0% nowhere of mm-hmm. Nevada, G, Nevada. Um, she uh, really, I think that's our next calling. We're going to own a saloon. Oh my God, girl! Please, I would buy. Don't I think it's for me. sale. I think Pioneer Saloon is for don't sale, and I would be. Me. If you need me, I'll be there. Please. Um, would people come and get injections out there? Like if we moved to Rose out there, legitimately, you think they would come. No, visit? no, <laughs> we'd be out there with all this Jupiter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we can't. Um, no, and I think I just want to see the world. There's like a few places that I want to travel to. Um, I have like a per- like personal milestones that I really want to do, like buying my first really nice handbag or like buying my dream car like you know just like little things that like you tell yourself that you've made it um and I want to make enough to be able to support my family so what is the next creative project that you are really like thinking about because I'm I'm super interested like I vibe off you so much in your creativity and what you're capable of doing what is something that you or we are gonna do in the next 10 years of vision like we started podcasts like where do you see us or you in the next like 10 years creatively on a business perspective? Um, you know, I really think DR is going to franchise. That's really the direction that we definitely want to take it. I think that we will have a lot of branding that does have to, it is going to be very personality forward. I do. I don't think that's going to be avoidable. Um, so I really see us expanding, expanding this brand and then possibly doing something else. You know, I love my little, I'm not going to say it on air, but like my little idea that like I've had since college, mm-hmm. you know about that. I'd I like, support this. I've been wanting her to do it. Yeah, I definitely want to do something like that. But I also think that, you know, doing something like a med spa makeover TV show, like something like that, I think that would probably be next for both you and I. 
Um, I think that there's something to our industry that people still don't really understand, but still is so much. It's very untapped to where people can see a different side of it and like the more business angle of it um, rather than more of the botched side of things uh, to show people like, hey, this is a legitimate business that requires a lot of thought and innovation and creativity and a really good team and really smart people who are service providers, not just botched people putting cement in people's cheeks. You know what I mean? And totally. Having doctors like kind of sit on their high horses I think it's more of like hey like here's what really goes into this kind of thing and and this is who the nurses are and these are who the people are behind this the Gordon Ramsay the Gordon Ramsay of it all of it all I I like that I could see you screaming at people and like two oh. inches in their face. <laughs> you. I could see you. <laughs> me. I'm going to be the Gordon yeah. Ramsay on our weird Idiot nuts bombing. sandwich. Idiot yeah. sandwiches. I can't with these idiots. Okay. I also think, honestly, you you are going to force us to do a magazine um, because of who who did you want to be as a kid? Do you want to tell the world? I honestly think that she gave you guys the wrong pinnacle moment of when she transformed in her brain. I think the right moment was when she saw the Devil's Wear Prada because it was like a version. It was a plan and a win tour. And yeah. right now we're both like watching Anna Wintour's masterclass, not a plug. It should be, but not a plug. Yeah. <laughs> um, what has that really taught you? Like, you know, the the magazine world wanting to be like Miranda Priestley or Presley. What's his, her name? Miranda Priestley, Priestley was her on the movie. On the movie. Or in Meryl Streep. Yes. What, what about that type of powerhouse woman, like magazine editor, like that type of symbol really like motivates you? And how are, how are you going to be like this? Because I already feel like we're transforming together daily. Um. You know, this goes back to what I was saying to you. I think women have um, the uncomfortable position of having to choose between being accommodating or being um, more of a boss. And now more than ever, I think we're encouraged to be more savage and direct. And that I appreciated that component of it because you see two sides to women. You see somebody who's been in the industry for a really long time and who has really earned that respect. And then you see the new hire who is, you know, very smart, very qualified, but also a little entitled. And then you start to see how like, you know, that entitlement doesn't really get you anywhere. And you have to really, even though you may not be totally on board with what this is, you still need to respect and really appreciate the powers that be and, and conform to this if you want to succeed. And I liked that the Devil Wars Prada showed that it was a woman who was running the show. And not only was she feared, but like incredibly respected, incredibly talented. And obviously it's based off of Anna Wintour, who is all of those things. Um, and you just have to really recognize um, a powerhouse when you see one, regardless if you appreciate fashion or magazines or writing, whatever. You have to appreciate people who change the landscape of their industry. And I, that to me was really empowering when I was like 13 when it came out. I watched it every single day. I was like, this is the coolest movie I've ever seen. Um, and I really it really just inspired me to to want to live that kind of life. I wanted to live in a high rise in Manhattan and like have amazing career and have amazing recognition for what I did and, you know, not be apologetic about success. And that's really what that movie really teaches you. Um, do you feel like you're on that trajectory? Like, do you feel like more than ever you're on the trajectory to be your own Anna Wintour? Cause I think, Oh, I hope so. It's not a very collaborative <laughs> experience on that show. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of cooks in this particular kitchen, but in the new millennium of it, not being so one, you know, one leader, one boss, one, everything. Do you feel like your, you know, translation of that movie is something that you're really living. Um, I would hope so. Um, you know, I don't want any of the bad things. I don't think that, um, I, I do see the importance of teamwork and, you know, working with a group of people who are creative and like-minded. And I don't think you can get to the top without a group of people. 
Um, I think that we're starting to create a name for ourselves in a very small way. Um, but whether or not we expand that, that notion with Du Rose is going, we'll only see within the next couple of months and or years. But I think that we'll take what we learned here and really capitalize that and invest that energy and that confidence into other endeavors too. So yeah, I think, I think we'll get there. I think I'll get there. Um, takes a minute. <laughs> I, I think you're, I think you're so much there and it's just such a hard thing to see the forest through the trees. So it's just so funny. I wanted to ask you that question because I can see in you so much like growth, like even from when you started, like just your ideas, your execution, your refinement to all those types of things. It's just so much more. So I think you're on the right track. <laughs> Hope so. So Cashin, we've pretty much gone through the roundabout of you, which is my favorite <laughs> roundabout. But what do you want our Rosé listeners? I know you said like, what do you, you asked me. So I'm going to ask you like, what do you want people to take away from, from your interview? Ooh, um, I don't know that I haven't already said it, but I'm going to say it again. Say it in plain English. One okay. <laughs> Um, Don't apologize uh, for what you do and who you want to be. And uh, this sounds really cliche because it's not about being yourself, but it's really about being independent. And I think um, me still being in a relationship is great, but I'm in a relationship that also allows me to focus on what's really important to me. And what's important to me is working and accomplishing my career goals and I might be 20 almost 28 um, and I'm not married I don't have kids and I'm not engaged but I am very fulfilled in what I do for a living and that to me is my happiness and so I know that people like we're starting to get to the age where people are like getting married they're having kids like they're starting to move forward in these like really adult milestones and I know that it can be a little conflicting if you're not there yet but just trust the process and know that like if your story doesn't look like everybody else's that's okay too um so yeah I guess that's my takeaway <laughs> thank you so much for actually sharing that with us because podcast listeners are rosé buds she does not share with everybody no so I'm actually very proud at how honest and open you were uh specifically about your family and your past so thank you so much Cashin, for sharing with us because I know you were nervous and kind of like not <laughs> wanting to do this one so uh that is our sum up and our wrap up of Cashin and I and who we are and where we come from and we wanted to give this piece to you guys because it was really important like she said before the transparency of knowing your hosts and knowing that you guys can really ask us anything and we'll answer with honesty and truth. I don't think that uh, her or I got here in any fashion that wasn't collaborative and extremely um, for the accommodation of each other. So please feel free to ask us any questions at our uh, email address, which is info at the rose room podcast.com. Uh, I know we, that's for sure it. That if you've is ever for sure it. heard anything else out of my mouth, I was wrong. I'm so sorry. Info at the Rosé Room Podcast. Yes. Uh, and thank you so much for listening today, Rosé Buds. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. And be sure to write us to tell us what you guys want to hear. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. Oh, and Cashin, on Wednesdays, we, we drink, drink pink. pink.